0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are the number one financial literacy podcast in the world.
1: Pick up the energy, Chris.
2: Yeah, Chris, we need a little bit more energy out
0: of you. And obviously with that intro, it's equally as difficult for us to believe it as it is, but it is true. (laughs) It is in fact true.
2: Let's go, my friend. We are
0: drinking tonight, largely because we're going to do a back-to-back show, and I just got off a plane about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago now, whatever it was. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Quick turnaround for you. Quick turnaround for me, and um, well, in between all of this, the the Fed had a little meeting, a little one, a little tiny meeting, and they announced uh, a twenty five basis point interest rate increase for Fed funds. Mm-hmm. Who knew? <laughs> I mean, ninety nine percent chance. According to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and the World and Straight Probability uh, Bloomberg. Right. So it was a uh, it was a pretty much uh, pretty fair bet they yeah. were going to raise rates. Right. A lot of people had hoped that would not be the case. We're going to get into that whole thing. We'll talk a tiny, tiny bit about GDP, and then just for shits and giggles, I'm going to make fun of Mitch McConnell as much as I can during this episode.
2: Oh, really? Did, did you Did you see this? I, I saw the headline, but we can get it. I want to see it live on the get my live reaction on the we'll, show. We'll
0: probably have to, to set Arun up to, to to show that later on. I yeah, a little Biden. I, I feel bad. Yeah, a little that Biden happened. A little Biden in him wow no it was it may have been worse i mean he he just like honestly here's what i think happened okay <laughs> okay he was speaking you know cameras on him his whole party behind him very public setting mm. and i think he was talking and i think i know exactly what happened what people are taking shots across the bow saying it's a mental thing or dementia alzheimer's they're throwing out all these MK Ultra, bro. yeah whatever. I, don't think it's in it. I think it's much more simple than that. And I think people are giving him way too hard of a time. I think what happened is, oh
2: God, is something we go. can all experience. Are you, are you about to soft serve on Mitch McConnell? No, no, no. I just think he sharted. <laughs> I think he sharted. Men sense. I, think, I think he thought it was air. <laughs>
0: and then when liquid came out, yeah. he froze because he's yeah. like, there's people behind me. He's processing.
2: He's like, wait, like, did I put the diaper on today?
0: Does this smell bad? Yeah. Is it, is it visibly moist?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I can feel it running down my leg. Yeah. Uh-oh. Do I keep speaking? Did they and, did they hear it? And the guy comes over to talk to him, and you just you just tell he's ashamed. It was he wasn't lost; he
2: was ashamed. Yeah, exactly, he sharted. Right. It's like, I got a hot mic. Did the mic pick it up? Yeah, I don't know. Right, somebody's gonna notice this shit. So I just sit here and smile until somebody.
0: <laughs> and then and then he just walked off. He didn't even finish his statement because he, just, he just turned around and walked That's off. It. We're
2: gonna have to pull it over, play it for the end of the show. dude. <laughs> it
0: was so bad. Yeah. And it overshadowed so much, you know. Honestly, this was the first Fed decision that I did not watch because it was so much of a foregone conclusion, and mm. I had to travel. I watched the whole thing. Did you really? Yeah. What was the What was the conversation about? About his tie? Like somebody made a comment about his tie. What was that about?
1: I don't. I didn't. I think a
0: reporter right before the, the press conference started asked him about what he thought about his tie choice. And Jerome Powell looked at him like, "Are, I ca- you, are I ca- you stupid?"
2: I, I caught that commentary too, and I was like, "I don't get it. Maybe I'm like colorblind. I don't get it. I don't know. I didn't see no, anything." A purple tie? Yeah. What's wrong with that?
0: I mean, who wears a solid purple tie? It's very unpresidential. Really? Everybody knows if you're running for a presidential like campaign, it's got to be blue or red.
2: Yeah, but he's not running for a presidential campaign. Well, he's not running. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I was actually. We're gonna get into that a little bit later, given the fact that everything that he's done, and for us to be right where we are with GDP where it's at. This guy might run for president afterwards. Jerome Powell, yeah, man. Put the drink down. I'm telling you right now, you drink it too much. Yeah, no, you've had enough. You've, yeah, you're off. Oh, really, bro? He's he's like old. Put your faith in me. He's like put. He would say, put your faith. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic. Put your faith in me. If, look if what I did, sarca- Arun. Did you catch any sarcasm there? Nope. Look what yeah. I did. Look what I did with the economy. Right. Look at look at the Dow. Look at the S and P 500. Look at no, the no, nazi- no, no,
0: no! That's Bidenomics, brother. Look- Biden, already <laughs> took, Biden already took took credit for this yeah, shit. Yeah, Biden's like, about? oh, that's me. That's yeah, me. I did this. Yeah. He's like, I didn't coin the phrase, right? But I've I've grown to love and adopt it as my own, right? Look what Bidenomics did for you, right? So- you, know, you notice you how nobody's actually using that phrase. Yeah, he's ho- <laughs> he was hoping it was gonna catch on. Nobody in the news, everybody in the news is like, ah, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. Are you sure you want to take credit for this? Yeah, we've seen you walk on airplanes.
2: Yeah. Or, okay. yeah, try to run off airplanes. And try to run on to the, like, the little yeah. stepping yeah. thing, whatever it's called. The little, yeah. Or ride, even ride bicycles. What the hell are those called? The little things you step on? You wouldn't know, there? bro. The black card gets you a private access to the private jets. Wow. Right into it. Huh? Not even five minutes into the show. I've, never, I've actually never stepped on one of those things. Okay. This
0: week's show, we're going to cover three specific articles, which is a truncated format we recognize. Article number one, we're going to talk about the U.S. economy blowing past expectations. This will be the GDP portion of the show. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about how GDP grew at a 2.4% pace in the second quarter, topping expectations. And then we're going to spend a disproportionate amount of time on the Fed funds rate and a 62-year historical chart. hmm Because we all know the Fed came out, and despite what Said and I wanted them to do, was be a little bit more observational of the data. Mm-hmm. Milton Friedman, right? You, you don't look at what your intentions are. You look at the data and see if the things that you hope are happening or right. want to happen are actually happening. Well, the Fed took a pause for one month in June. And then at their next meeting in July, the end of the month, they announced after the 25th and the 26th, on the 26th, they announced an additional 25 basis point increase. And the market, which typically responds negatively to these things, actually
2: did not respond negatively. I mean, and this is where I think Jerome Powell, as much as I don't approve... Oh, shit. I don't approve of the 25 basis point increase, which isn't just him. It's all the FOMC members. That he deserves a little bit more credit. Okay, because he's a, he was able to... You're going to
0: have to hard sell this one to me.
2: Okay, I will. He was able to dance around for 45 minutes afterwards at the post-game press conference. Right. Leaving all future options still on the table. Yeah. Not hinting at a potentially future rate hike, but also not saying they've done enough. We understand things have been restrictive, but they haven't been restrictive long enough. Okay, you don't see how this is massively hypocritical to his positioning? I, okay, look. He's, he's been,
0: by far and away, the most communicative uh, FOMC secretary we've ever had, Fed secretary we've ever had. Okay. He prides himself on his, quote, communication. Yes. And yet you are not fucking willing to commit to anything. Okay. Okay,
2: right. He's data dependent, right? That's no, he's saying. not because he didn't. he he's not. have data but dependent, that, he would have waited. But that's what he's saying, right? But listen, what's his job? What are, what, what, are, what are the two things he's in charge of? Monetary policy and regulation. Okay, and regulation and employment. Well,
0: unemployment is part of monetary policy. Right? Yeah.
2: Okay. So where's the unemployment rate at? It's healthy. 3.6%. A little too healthy for my liking. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're stage ready. It's like you can't, you can't maintain that for too long, right? Physique competition, that's way too low. But is, are you speaking from experience? I mean, you know. I'm yeah. just, I, you sound oddly confident. I tune in frequently to the Mind Pump podcast. So, yes, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> wow. So, that's all that is. But look, it's right where people like it to be and hasn't caused a huge amount of disruption. What's the other thing? He doesn't want to cause a lot of instability in the markets. He doesn't want to shock the markets, right? S&P up 19% this year, right? The Dow's up. The NASDAQ's up 30-some percent. Yeah, but that's a big misconception. It, yeah. is, it might be, but it's, isn't it surprising to you that we've gotten to this point and even with the rate hikes that we've experienced, the 11 rate hikes, this, this last 25 basis point increase is the highest Fed funds rate in the last 22 years And still We almost had the banking sector break Almost a couple of banks went down But I wouldn't call it a collapse right? Not at all, no. Not at all. So but the, the fact that Inflation is still higher than where they would like it to be Their number one tool To bring it down is to raise interest rates And they've raised it At an unprecedented cadence that we've talked about On the show
1: mm-hmm.
2: And yet with him coming out in calming everyone down and saying this is almost six. Look at how is the Chicago? I don't think he calmed anyone down. Well, okay. How is the Chicago Mercantile Exchange going to report another rate increase that's going to make it the highest rate, uh, Fed funds rate in 22 years and markets don't freak out? Who gets that
0: credit? Okay, because there is a material disconnect. People do not believe so much of what the Fed is saying anymore. That's the irony. That, that's the hypocrisy that is Jerome Powell right now. He is so vested into what he has said, mm-hmm. and yet he's lost credibility in his communications. The market fully believes there'll be rate cuts of, ahead of what he's saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it's predicted that way. People are predicting rate cuts by the end of the year or possibly early 2024. March of, I, 20,
2: March of 2024.
0: I don't think that, that you're going to see something before March 2024, but... There are people who do, and there's a growing consensus of people who do because they don't believe that Jerome Powell is accurate. Now, here's what I'll tell you. Without a question of a doubt, I don't care whether you think you should have raised rates or not, they should have looked and waited for more data. They should have. Clearly, the lagging indicators that we would normally see moving aren't moving. Right. And for people to go, oh, my God, we got to win here because guess what? We were able to make all these changes. Mm-hmm. Quantitative tightening, which nobody's talking about at this point in time pulling liquidity out of the market, which is still happening. Then you have this really weird bell-shaped curve of Fed interest rate increases. I put a chart in, in the show. and you want to pull that up for Chris so you can see it? So all these things happening, and we're going, oh, my God, guess what? The market's still healthy. I, I believe it's the other one. So in doing that, okay, so Saeed's got the Fed approves hike that takes interest rates to its highest level in more than 22 years. This according to CNBC. You show, let's see, March 2022 all the way through July, and you show each one of the interest rate increases. So this is that
2: bell curve that you're talking about here, right? It yeah. starts to 25, goes to 50. We have four at 75 basis points, and it starts to come down, mm-hmm. right? And on February, March, and May of this year, we had 25. And if you believe that it's coming to an end, what my prediction was this whole time that this last rate increase is going to be the last one, but that they'll still signal like there is another one because they have to be careful. Okay, because of what happened in the 70s. Well, because now they want to wait and see what happens. Now, Yeah, now what they're really afraid of and what they really have to be careful with, right, is not cause a resurgence in inflation. So you can't, you can't signal that we're done, right, because then there'll be uh, too much optimism. So what happened in the 70s, right, in, uh, in January of 1970, uh, they raised interest rates to 9.5%. Yep. Okay. By February of 1971, they cut that to 3.38%. Then, when inflation resurged back up, it became that much more painful to bring inflation back down. They had to bring it all the way back up to 13%, the Fed funds rate, Mm -hmm. all the way through 1974.
0: And it doesn't bother you that all that elasticity was in the economy, that the economy was that reactive to the interest rate increases? Yes. It doesn't concern you that we're not seeing that type of reaction right now? It does. No, it does. And people are walking around, and by people, I mean the FOMC, are walking around saying, like in this last Fed meeting, they said that their internal predictions no longer predict a recessionary economy. Yeah. That is a fucking dumb thing to say.
2: Especially when the inverted yield curve has been right every time, and it's currently predicting a recession within the next 12 months. And yet, here we are with this false
0: bravado, and I've got the answer. I'll tell you the answer right now, okay? And I'm not going to do this in like this arrogant, like I've been around, I know all these things kind of way. I'm just going to say this in a way that we can all appreciate and understand, okay? Mm -hmm. We had 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation when the economy should have been corrected with monetary policy. We pumped more money into it because we had an unprecedented pandemic. We've talked about this on so many shows, I can't even quantify it now. If you have a longer prosperous economy that was kept more prosperous for longer than it otherwise would have been because of artificial involvement by the government. Mm -hmm. The things that Milton Friedman himself said were dangerous, government intervention, these things should work themselves out naturally between consumers and businesses. The government stepped in, and now we're saying, oh, these lagging indicators, well, they're not moving, so the economy is healthy. Or maybe this, they just haven't fucking moved yet because they're going to lag longer because of all this shit that preceded it. Right. It's infuriating to see this level of confidence by everybody in the economy saying we can avoid a recession. You're the FOMC and your models now no longer predict a recession. Here's even if they do say they don't predict a recession. Why the fuck are you going on national television and giving people that little tidbit of information, that optimism? And yet you tell them we have to wait and see the data and see what's happening you should shut the fuck up about that and not... Incl- you shouldn't even be talking about that in front of a camera.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let the economists and everybody else who looks at the, the Beige book and, and reads into the Fed minutes read into that and go, okay, well, they're, they're not predicting recession anymore, but they didn't discuss it. That's my problem with him being overly communicative. You are telling the American people that there's little to no chance of a recession now, when in fact you don't know that to be true. The fact of the matter is... It's a bunch of people sitting in a room guessing about an unprecedented series of events that led us to where we are and they want to they take what they know from experience from things that have happened historically and say, this looks like this because of this, this, and this. This is not going to look like everything else. Every recession has been a snowflake. And the fucking balls on Jerome Powell and the FOMC to, to raise interest rates again after one single month of pausing Well, I'll tell you right now, the lagging indicators haven't pivoted. They should have waited Mm -hmm. and not raised rates until something either improved or got worse. And honestly, the data that we saw in June was inconclusive.
2: My My fear with that approach, though, is clearly the economy has shown that they don't react to the Fed raising interest rates. So if you're saying they should wait for something to happen... And then increase another twenty five. Th- there's still going to be that lag effect that we're currently seeing. Yeah. So if anything, my opinion, right? He's seen everything, uh, everything under under the rainbow, right? That that says nobody believes a word that I'm saying. So
0: you're gonna keep coming out. Okay,
2: let me. Ask so you a so so let me do, let me just finish this thought. I don't want to no. know. Yeah. No. You're, everyone, want, you everyone. Nobody know, believes want, a no. thing I have to say. Right. That is correct. And everyone said that. I wouldn't raise rates again, or not I, but the FOMC wouldn't raise rates again. Guess what? I'm gonna do it again, because we're not there yet. That Uh, is the wrong reason to raise rates, though. No, that's not that's not the real reason. But because he, what they need to do, clearly there's too much optimism right now. Yeah, but that's not his his job is not to temper optimism.
0: No, but his job is to look at the data and to make pivots to keep monetary policy in line. And what I'm telling you right now is there was no quantifiable data mm-hmm. with which he could honestly say he knew one way or the other whether inflation was truly coming down. Look, if you, if you remove their, their intended focus on core inflation, right, headline inflation was at 2.97%. Right. The target range is 2 to 3%. For core inflation. Okay? Yeah. If headline inflation is falling there... And you know, you're in the summer months where people are spending more money because they're going on vacations, they're traveling. What propped up inflation? Hospitality, travel, airline. Mm-hmm. You know that's going to
2: die down when we get into September. Core inflation for PCE, mm-hmm. the metric that they're measuring, has remained the stickiest. Okay, I, under- I
0: understand that. And we've-, we've talked about on the show that house prices have to come down for that to happen. And what do we know? Home prices are one of the laggiest, laggiest of lagging indicators. Yes. Rent and rent equivalent is very, very hard to quantify, and the data that comes in is from all over the place. They needed more
2: time. Right. How am I am I not making am I not making a compelling argument here? The the post game press conference for Jerome Powell, what I thought is he. Are you getting chips again in there?
1: No, I was about to answer and then say, "Cut me off."
2: So. Yeah, he's he's a little. Oh, like, I'm sorry, know, I thought he was fired little, up. to a little fired up. A little I, th- gassy. I, th- I, th- I thought he was a little slow to unmute. Go ahead, Odin. I'm sorry to cut you off.
1: <laughs> no, I agree with Chris. He makes a valid point.
2: What? About, which point? Everything. Everything. Yeah. He was paying attention.
1: <laughs> I was doing some research. I was about to show. Come, come on, come on.
2: Listen. So Jerome Powell at the post game press conference said that it's a real blessing to have deflationary environment while the labor market continues to outperform.
0: That's arrogant as shit. It is arrogant. That, that's it, it, an arrogant as shit. Yeah, he well, Say he it.
2: thinks he well, he's saying it's a blessing. It ain't for me that that in fact that is happening. And look how did, good at my job I am, America. Okay, but look, come he, on, man. He also did wrap up, wrap it up. He wrap, <laughs> you know, nothing there. No, no, no. no I'm not taking that. Uh, come on, that was too easy. That was too come that on. Was too easy. I'm, I'm not, not, no. He also wrapped up the post game press conference by saying, "Look, I fully understand from their original." Uh, predictions. They said they were going to get inflation down to 2% until 2025. That was their original prediction. So if, what everyone needs to remember, right, is, okay, let's say they do begin to cut rates at the start of next year. Let's say in Q1, I don't think, at least until Q2. Okay. They're not based on historical cuts, right? And how long they've held for, we've talked about it, at least a pregnancy. Right? At least nine months on average. Someone's having a baby. Somebody's having a baby. It's going to be the Fed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when they do start to cut, they're not slashing. They're going to do slow incremental cuts. Right. They're going to cut by 25 basis points yeah, to start not gonna, off. You're
0: not going to see a slash unless something's
2: really, really wrong. Unless something broke. Yeah. Right. And we hope that that doesn't happen because that's going to cause all kinds of catastrophe. Right. So I don't, I, I personally am shocked at with what they did and how the markets didn't react in a negative way immediately. That, to me, is the most surprising thing out of all of this. Because, because of all the frustrations that I've expressed, the market's frustrated. Mm-hmm. I've talked to so many people
0: that I really, really, really respect mm-hmm. that have gotten a much broader and, frankly, intelligent perspective on the macroeconomic policy of the, of the country. And I've talked to people over and over again. I said, you know, do you think the Fed is doing the right thing? Don't, let, let's, let's sidestep the conversation of what you think the Fed is going to do now. Because I think people all knew it was 25 basis points. That's what the Fed was going to do. We all knew that. But do you think it's the right thing? And I would say the majority of people that I spoke to said, look, I don't have a problem with them raising 25 basis points again. I do have a problem with it being a foregone conclusion. And not seeing anything really hard in the data other than headline infl- other than core inflation, mm-hmm. which really says, hey, let's do this.
2: Well, I guess my here's my question to you. What is it that you would like him? Are you saying because he's saying you're upset that, that he and FOMC members are saying that they want to be data dependent, but all of this looks like it was predetermined? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, but so.
0: So let me give you a great example. Let, let me explain. Okay. I understand that. Core inflation did not move far enough down for them to go, okay, hey, we're going to ease off interest rate increases. Right. But unemployment hasn't gone one way or the other dramatically. Okay. As a matter of fact, it's gone down a little bit.
2: Yeah,
0: 3.6%. Right. So you start looking at things like their jolts report, and it's moving the right direction for them. Yep. Okay, you start looking at... Kind of the, the bigger picture in the initial, stock
2: markets. Initial jobless claims came in this week. Actually, yeah. it fell again. Yeah.
0: Stock markets seem to be moving in a, in a generally healthy position. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you widen out the lens to a farther kind of wider period of time, the markets have performed pretty well. You start going, okay, well, then what's true? Other than the core inflation number, what's truly the negative thing
2: that they're worried about? Because, you, Chris, you and I know, we've said it from the beginning. Core inflation at 4.6% for the uh, PCE, you and I know that's not right. We know inflation is significantly more. And we also know that it's
0: sticky, and we knew it was going to get sticky around that period. Okay. And we know home affordability is out of control. I agree. Okay. let me ask you this. Do you think that last 25 basis point increase, do you think that's really going to impact those things? No. You want to know what's going to fucking impact those things? And if I know this, the FOMC should know it too. Mm Mm-hmm. That yield curve inversion coming out of the inversion. Yeah. Okay. That's going to pivot interest rates
2: on loans even farther up. So I have have more on this now for some of our listeners that just joined us because this week we saw we got a huge bump. We got a huge bump across all platforms. So I think it, it deserves, there's there's some information here that we should be going over. That newsletter our- we sent
0: out with my nudes really, really popped off, <laughs> yeah, right? Is that what you did? I mean, people were like, wow. OnlyFans account? He really looks good naked. With your footsies? My toes. Yeah. Toes,
2: just the toes. Yeah, if you subscribe to the newsletter anyway, you would get the toe photos. Yeah. So why does this matter? When we talk, why do we spend so much time talking about, the Fed funds rate, the FOMC, what they're gonna do, what are the tea leaves? Where's where like this all going? I like making
0: fun of Jerome Powell. Why do you do it? It's so
2: so easy. I, <laughs> it's just I just wanted to attach Neil Kashkari to something bad. Oh yeah, well I mean you know he does have alopecia. We
1: go start spreading that. Spreading
0: the rumor. <laughs> Chris,
1: you're making yourself out to be the villain. Come on, it's Saeed.
0: No, that was his pitch from several shows ago.
1: Wow, lying! You now. said
0: he had alopecia. Lying
2: to the people, and then
0: you had to tell me that 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 Jada Pinkett Smith had it, and I was like, oh. No, I didn't, I felt bad because nobody wants to be compared to her. Nobody. Like, nobody wants to be in that league. She's the ultimate villain, right? Like, terrible. Yeah. Worst. I feel like she's really ruined Will Smith. What villain role could one she play? One of the play?
1: best people.
0: Well, Will Smith was one of the greatest, right? The greatest. The greatest. Ruined him. And then just, he just took, the, he took, she took that away from America. She, away from me. Look.
1: That look. She gave him that look and it was over. Yeah, man. The
0: fact that, that she was so in love with Tupac and settled for Will Smith is just bewildering. Wait, Settled? You haven't seen, like, the, the whole, like, thing? What do you mean? Oh, she's, like, a whole special. I wish I remember the name she of it. She said she settled for Will Smith? She basically said that she was in love with him. They had a different kind of love. And people no offense, Jada. It. That's
2: an upgrade. I love me some Tupac, but goddamn, that's an upgrade.
1: Yeah, he was dead. Yeah,
2: dude. Tupac <sighs> died at 24, dude. Yeah, no. Wild. Wild, yeah. So why do we talk about the FOMC? It's like,
0: 20 years younger than you.
2: Do you think Neil Kashkari shaved his head to be like Tupac? Is that what this is? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got it. We got to ruin laugh. off <laughs> The sad part is when I'm editing this later on, that laugh will be there and I'm going to put it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All lies on me. Yeah. I, I don't think he shaved his head a little like too. I think he shaved his head because he had male pattern baldness.
2: Yeah. He's got thug life on his stomach. No,
0: no. He's got FOMC on his stomach. Oh, for sure. Yeah. FOMC. Because yeah. he wants to be a voting member that badly. But badly. he's not. Not. Yeah, he's that guy in the crew who gets the tattoo before he gets, you know, jumped in. Yeah they, yeah, they told him, like, hey, get the tattoo. We'll think about it. And then now it's a running joke. Like, how long can we not include him <laughs> yeah. with him having the tattoo? Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, now we need you to get another one.
0: Yeah. You got to get JP's face on your back. Yeah. Which is, ironically, what uh, Nas did with Khalees on him.
2: <laughs> Why?
0: And then that didn't work out so How'd you good. tie that
2: in? <laughs> How'd you tie that in? Because Khalees is all in the news dating Bill Murray. That's a real thing. That's a real current thing. You thought I was joking? No, no, no. It's current events? Like, a week and a half ago. Oh, didn't pull this up. I went down the rabbit hole. No way. Both parties came
0: out and denied it. But you know how they do that when they they start dating, right? Like, you know. know When you're famous, that's what you have to do. You have to deny the initial, like, statements. A lot of these celebrity relationships are fake, though, right? Khalees and Bill Murray. Look, there's a photo of them together. Dude. Yep, Bill Murray. What
2: uh let, let me read the quote
0: there on the left. Or move, move the uh, screen over a little this bit there. This is real. Bill Murray is reportedly dating singer Kalise. A photo of Murray 72 and Kalise 43 is adding credence to reports that they are a couple. Kalise performed at the my uh what? Might Myte, my, Hoopla, Might Hoopla Festival yeah. in South London last weekend and posed with Murray for a photo that was shared on NTS Radio. First of all, the okay. fact that they're both in London
2: Come on, what, dude? This is a little, yeah. this is a stretch.
0: That's not this- a stretch. Oh, there's a tattoo with Khalees on it. And it's a naked photo of her. Oh, God. Uh, don't Google it. Don't. Come on, do man. It. We can't put that in the show notes. <laughs> We've already got an explicit right. I can't be showing. Actually, <laughs> too- is it really not safe for work if it's a a tattooed picture of somebody naked?
2: Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. It's like artistic uh, rendering. Right. At what point does it cross over? It's not even that good in- of a tattoo. It's art. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking at
0: somebody's arm. Yeah. It just happens to have an image on it. Yeah. I don't know where we draw the line there. Okay. So and maybe it'll make the YouTube video. Why, you
2: why does this all matter? Why do we talk about the FOMC, read the tea leaves? I'm still on the whole Bill Murray thing. Yeah, I know you are. You know, Bill Murray um,
0: <laughs> doesn't have an agent that represents him. If you want Bill Murray to be on in your movie, you call it 1-800 number he's had since like the 70s and you leave a voicemail. And if he gets back to you, he gets back to you.
2: I mean, when you're that big and you're a gangster like that, of course. Like,
0: he doesn't have, like, a cell phone you can call. He has a 1-800 number that goes straight to, a, like, a, like, a voicemail. Yeah.
2: And you don't know. Call Bill Murray's 1-800 number.
0: Yeah. So, when it's call Bill Murray's 1-800 number. The call will go straight to voicemail. You have two minutes to describe your idea and Bill's role in the project. Certain words or phrases will immediately end your chances of Bill Murray's participation. Summer blockbuster... M. Night Night Shyamalan (laughs) and and another Garfield. Wow. Yeah, this is a real thing.
2: We got to get one of those 1-800 numbers. There's a
0: great special on Netflix about Bill Murray. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No. Where it's like the lore of Bill Murray and they talk about people who have like interacted with him. Mm. There's a true story of people walking into like a college fraternity party. And this girl tells a story about how she went there, how she wanted to get a drink and she went into the kitchen and in the kitchen is Bill Murray doing dishes. (laughs)
2: Love just it. The fuck. I love it.
0: There's like all sorts of random ass stories that Bill Murray was apparently walking somewhere in the south. I think it was Louisiana or something that he was walking across like a, a road and saw and saw this couple taking wedding photos and just right. jumped in. I Start love to, that. I mean, I feel like
2: if we if I ever became that big of a celebrity, I would do shit like that all the time.
0: There's a lot of like really nutty like Bill Murray did this shit.
2: Yeah, that's cool.
0: And I got to be honest, I really feel like he would be a better FOMC. <laughs> Head than Jerome Powell.
2: Than Jerome Powell. He
0: would be a better Fed secretary.
2: Okay. Well, keep that same energy because I'm going to keep coming back to this over the coming months. And if we do, get Bill through Murray this, for FOMC. No, if we do get through this with a uh, soft landing, a softy, a softy, a slow session. Are you? A are, fun you session? Gonna, are you? Are you going to get on your hands and knees and apologize to Jerome Powell? Fuck no. Why? Why? Because it's not going to happen. Number one, uh, not a softy. No. Stop.
0: Okay, a soft landing. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to say no recession?
2: No, I'm saying a soft recession. What? The, okay, that's a fucking recession, dude. Low, no, low to no growth. That's still a recession. Yeah. Just because you say it's not as a bad no, recession. As no, because no, because if we're talking, we don't we don't like these coin phrases. But if we're talking about them, a hard landing is a deep recession that lasts for a long time. That would be very bad, right? Okay,
0: listen, princess. Let's let break this down, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross the line. I'm just going to do it, okay? Mm-hmm. If I punched you lightly in the face, mm-hmm. would you be offended? I would be offended.
2: One would hurt way more, though. But let, me
0: just, let me ask you a question. Okay. If I punch you lightly in the face, would you be offended? Yes. Okay. If I punch you hard in the face, would you be offended? Yes. Either way, I'm probably going to be in the streets telling but I punch you in the face, right? Yes. What's the difference?
2: What you, what you, one, one would hurt me way more. That's a, t- that's a terrible example. Get that's out of a here. great example. That's a terrible example. Get you out of got here. punched in the face either way. No, no, no. I'm not talking bitch slap. No, no. Okay. Weak, Chris. It, was was weak. Weak. it was weak. It was. Was it really? It, it didn't work. Yeah. I was gonna Try go again. with the sexual
0: reference, but that it was too graphic. It was a little uh, too. You, yeah. You changed it last minute. I was gonna go with. Okay, fine. Fuck it. No. I was gonna go if I put the tip in. Yeah. Okay. Or if I put the whole thing in.
2: It wouldn't. Neither would hurt me very bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. So why does this matter? The, Got him. F- the FOMC, said you something that. So when the FOMC decides to raise interest rates, how does this impact you? So payments all across your, you know, all your finances will, will go up. Some of them include mortgage payments. Most of them are fixed mortgage payments, right? But there are some out there that are adjustable rate mortgages. This impacts them. Grant Cardone. <laughs> Grant Cardone, exactly. But also, according to an article from CNBC, in 2022, 13% of loan applications were adjustable rate mortgages.
0: If you had an adjustable rate mortgage and yeah. mortgage rates were 3 or 4% or even 5%, yeah. you fucked up. Fucked up because
2: historical averages were like, if you got anything under 6 you win
0: yeah you win yeah but i, I mean i get there's, there's a small portion of the population who got bridge lending stuff because they were trying to be hyper aggressive you know what i'm gonna go off on another tangent i apologize to everybody's listening who wants like focus i've been having the debate with my brother who clearly doesn't listen to the show so i'm not worried about offending him um about the viability of flipping properties in this economy in this current economy in this current economy okay i believe that flipping wholesaling real estate These businesses are really good in prosperous economies to make money quickly. But they're absolutely non-existent in bad economies. They fall off a cliff. And the proponents of the business being, you know, around no matter what the economy type is, is citing the current economic cycle saying, hey, interest rates are high, but there's plenty of private equity and plenty of money in the markets. And I'm going, okay, well, the whole point of the quantitative tightening process that the feds undergoing which we don't really talk about enough is to pull liquidity out of the markets yes which means your private equity dries up a little bit which means all these alternative sources of funding go away and people have less money in general and when you have less money in general you get less of this speculative investing less of this i'm going to flip a property and make more money on it because every single time i I buy a property i can sell it for more if i just put in some improvements sometimes it doesn't work that way Getting a price, uh, a property under value, under contract, and finding an investor to give you some money and, and, and to buy it from you because they want upside, that kind of goes away sometimes in some markets. Th- this false belief that we're in this economy that's, that's going gonna, gonna to make it through this soft landing, like, if you will, it's really infuriating. Because, like I said in the last show, I'll say it again if we do not have a correction in home values, you will destroy the net worth of the next generation because the majority of Americans in this country have their net worth primarily centered in their home, their primary residence, because they bought it, the value went up over time, and that is the number one source of their net worth. We talked about on the prior show, almost 50% and actually in the mid 40% of Americans don't even own any stock. Yes. So if you don't own any stock and you don't own a piece of real estate because you don't own a property you live in, where are Americans going to build wealth and what happens a class divide that gets even greater. You essentially shrink the middle class, you widen the lower class and the wealthier get wealthy during this time because they have money that they can continue to deploy and continue to invest and they're buying property without the competition of this middle market, middle class. And if the middle class gets shrunken out, that's a very bad thing for America. So for everybody saying, hey, you know, we can avoid this. we will got a soft landing. I worry about your future. I worry about all of our futures. Because if that happens, the impact long-term to Americans will take generations to repair.
2: I agree. And I, I have a segment in here that I'd like to get into on why interest rates, obviously, some of it is common sense. Why int- raising interest rates to a... To this degree, and holding it for a long time is bad for the economy. So we'll get into that too. But other other portions of your finances, where payments will continue to go up, credit card payment payments that we know we're doing Buffalo Trace, right? We're Buffalo Trace, yeah. yeah. Um, other uh, credit card payments are going to go up. We know credit card debt is at all time high, nine hundred eighty eight billion dollars. And the fact that everybody thinks the economy is okay, when that's out there as a stat that we all know. We know. That consum- like we just throw it out there. Consumer spending has, is the number one thing that's been propping up this economy. And that right there shows it. So their, their payments are going to go up. Student loans, usually fixed rates. But if you got private loans during that time, those are probably variable rates. And th- those are going to tick up. Next one, which is a big one, HELOCs. We know HELOCs. A lot of people took out some HELOCs during the pandemic to, or over the course of the last couple of years, Right. To renovate their homes,
0: you know, I I will say this on the show. I have a home equity line of credit on my primary residence. Um, we all know that I have a smaller mortgage in my primary because I bought it for like real cheap. But um my home equity line of credit—I want to say it's like two hundred and fifty mm-hmm. thousand dollars. It's not a big amount, but it's it's enough to where like if I need to tap into excess liquidity, that's what it's there for. the The rate on that has significantly changed since when I first got it to now, and because Almost all HELOCs, home equity lines of credit, which are typically in your second position or they can be in a first position too, are index plus margin based pricing.
2: What does that mean when you say second position?
0: So if you have a first trustee, your, your first mortgage, right? You went and got a loan when you bought the property. Let's say your property's increased in value and now you've got like a, a more equity in your property. You've got like a 50 or 60% loan to value. You can go out and get a, another loan, which is subordinate to or behind your first trustee. So your first lender well, depending on if you, what, what's, what kind of state you're in, but your first lender will be in front and then your, your home equity on a credit will be behind them. And they'll typically make that if you have enough equity. It used to be where if you had a loan from Wells Fargo in your first trustee position and you wanted to go to Bank of America or Chase or a Community Bank and go right in the second position, they would do that. It's becoming increasingly more common now for a bank to say, hey, if we're not in that first position, we don't have your first loan, we're not going to give you a home equity line of credit or a second trustee behind that. And the reason why is in a worst case event scenario of default, they don't want to mess with some other bank who's got a higher priority than they do. Because what happens is in most cases, when people default, they continue paying the first trustee. They stop paying the second trustee. Because what happens is most people will have a regular principal interest taxes, and insurance reoccurring consistent monthly payment on their primary first trustee. The second is usually a home equity line of credit where you don't have to use it, but if you use it, you can just draw down until you hit your limit.
2: And I know that's how it was pitched for a very long time for people. as almost mm-hmm. like a safety net. Right.
0: But the problem is in situations like this, let's say, hypothetically, your credit cards are, are getting pretty maxed out. So what do you do? You say, okay, you know what? I'm going to carve out $60,000, 100, $100,000 $100, off my home equity line of credit, and I'm going to pay down my credit card balance to zero. You're going to basically take that debt on your credit card, transfer it over to your home equity line of
2: credit. Because the interest rate is significantly
0: less, right? It's going to be significantly less than like 20% on your credit cards, 23% on your credit cards. But let's say you can't make enough payments to really make a dent in your credit card balance, and you're going to try to pivot it there and say, I'm going to basically put it there because I can have a lower... Minimum payment every single month. And then I'll pay that down over time. Well, time goes by. You accumulate more debt. You move over to the home equity line of credit. By the time your home equity line of credit runs out, now you're in a situation where you're paying a huge payment. What do you do? You sell your house. You try to refinance and consolidate it all into a new first trustee at a higher interest rate in this particular economy there's not a lot of options
2: and for most people that's their like you said their number one asset so they
0: typically default on that before they default in the first yes and because banks don't want that risk they're saying now unless we make you that first trustee that first loan we're not we're not going to go behind somebody else's second
2: right according to transunion in 2022 the number of home equity line originations reached its highest point since 2010. Mm. So, big problem there. You know some people yep. are going to definitely experience some higher rate increases, right? Um, also, the total outstanding ELOC balances across the nation is now north of $336 billion. I didn't even know you had that data on hand. I mean, I told you. I had the data ready for tonight. All right, next. Also, if you have investment loans. Wow, that was a really abrupt next. Yeah, now, If you have investment loans, right? If you borrowed money to invest in assets like stocks or real estate, those don't are, do that.
0: Don't don't borrow money to
2: invest in stocks. Line. Don't get a margin line.
0: And if you can't afford the the down payment in real estate, don't don't leverage. You don't do need that. to do all that though,
2: right? Like if you don't have the money for that, listen. Just don't do it. Just invest in some long-term assets a little bit over time. Get into like in, yeah, do uh, an index fund or an ETF, right? Slowly over time, it'll get you there. A REIT. A REIT, if you mm-hmm.
0: will. Real estate investment trust. Yeah. Just not
2: grand Cardones. <laughs> All right, so why are higher interest rates um, bad for the economy, right? Obviously, we know that it makes things a lot more expensive, but what, right? It increases borrowing costs for individuals and businesses, right? Less consumer spending for individuals because their debt payments go up on things like their HELOCs or credit cards, their student loan payments, less money to deploy out to uh, some disposable uh, income, right, that they could spend on anything that they want to spend on. Slow down there, Chief.
0: I feel like you're getting kind of cerebral right now. Cerebral. And you're rushing through stuff. Slow it down? Yeah, slow it down. Give All me right. Get a, a little more sexy. a little sexier. And then for I know you want to hit the GDP
2: articles. I want to hit the GDP you're articles. you're rushing through articles. You're rushing through details. Okay. Well, some of this is give me, just give recap. Me, give me less. Give, give you less? Well, give me more. All right. What are you doing? Do less. You doing? You're not the Dalai Lama. To Do more. You wish you were the Dalai Lama, huh?
0: <laughs> I've had a long day, man. I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning, your time. Yeah, you were. Yeah. And then I couldn't... I never sleep well in hotels. I I tell my wife's because, you know, I'm not next to her. And I believe that's 50% of it. I think the other 50% of it is we have that goddamn sleep 8 bed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where it adjusts to your body temperature. When you sleep, it spoils you, man.
2: We have a sleep number. And it spoils the shit out of us. No, no, no.
0: That, that's just, like, comfort and texture. But when your body is used to the, the temperature regulation of, like, the bed adjusting to your temperature. Sorry, yes. It's
1: kind of like a credit card, then, you know? Like, you have your normal credit card. That's what he that's what you says.
2: Like, a, you, got some basic, you got some basic shit. It ain't like mine. Yeah, that's what he no, just exactly. said. You heard it, right?
1: You have a basic credit card. It's not a block card.
2: I was trying to dip. God damn it. <laughs> See, you got the Chase Reserve card. You, yeah. That's cute. Actually, the Chase Reserve card is pretty dope. It's so pretty not dope. The yeah. yeah, but it ain't as dope as. No, it's actually cheaper. It's significantly cheaper, yeah. But Just not the concierge perks. The palladium, you mean? Yeah. 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 So tell me about this bed, that she, this nice fancy bed. I don't want to do it.
0: Let's talk about GDP.
2: <laughs> he didn't like it, I'll do The Ruin,
0: if you'd be so kind, as to bring up the GDP articles while Saeed can kiss my ass. <laughs> So GDP grew at a 2.4% pace in the second quarter, topping expectations despite recession calls. This, according to CNBC, gross domestic product rose at that 2.4% annualized pace in the second quarter, which was above the 2% estimate. Consumer spending powered the solid quarter, which, by the way, 70% of GDP is consumption, which truly is consumer spending. And if y'all stop spending, we're going to have this problem, okay? Aided by increases in non-residential fixed investment, government spending, which shame on you, government, and inventory growth. And I want to pause with that and say, look, this is the problem. Government spending does change the numbers. And when you think about this, the government has effectively three branches, executive, legislative, and judicial, right? And the government is supposed to work collaboratively to get things done. But sometimes things like the FOMC and the Fed have a mission to control things like monetary policy. But they cannot and do not stop these three branches from doing things like spending money. And that money that's spent actually impacts GDP and works against the Fed. And this is a great example of that.
2: And that's it's very true. It was a point that I wanted to get to on why uh, raising interest rates was so bad is because it creates an immense amount of burden, debt burden, for the government, right? Um, it limits the funds available for social programs, infrastructure projects, and other public investments. The uh, Congressional Budget Office, who's in charge of just budget for Congress and the government, right? They detailed that in 2001, The government spent $352 billion in interest payments, right? Net interest payments. 2022, $476 billion. That's an increase of 35%. And for 2023, it's estimated to be another 40% increase at $663 billion. This is all money that's getting taken away from things that they could invest in, right? So yes, they're going to have to pull back some of their spending because they just, quite frankly, can't afford it. We already know they overspend by two trillion dollars every you know year. What
0: I'd like to see happen, and maybe this is just wishful thinking. But I would like to say, if you're in Congress, House of Representatives, of the Senate, you cannot be reelected if the national deficit has
2: increased. Be, yeah, that would that would kick things into gear.
0: Can you imagine that level of? financial motivation i saw warren buffett recently said something like this He's like i could solve this whole problem in five minutes yeah here's a little more aggressive but it's not too dissimilar look you need accountability you need a reason to stop these people from spending and right now if you're in the house of representatives you're in the senate what why would you wrangle in spending what is your motivation to do so
2: right there is none because they just know that the destiny is going to get raised again for the 80th time next time. The problem is, is they can control their own destiny by voting to increase it. Right. And there's all these lobbyists and they know, I mean, it's, it's the swamp, bro.
0: It's corrupt. It's corrupt. That, that We call these articulate names and we describe it in this very, look, I looked at Mitch McConnell and I know we talked about him at the start of the show and I know it was sarcastic because he sharted. But... I mean this with all seriousness. Why are our representatives so much older than the average age of this country? So out of touch. Arun, can you do me a favor? Google what the average uh, American age is. Do you have an idea what that, what that That's is? That's a good question. No idea. I don't know. The uh,
2: average age for all Americans. Yeah,
0: the average age. Arun's pulling it up right now 38.1 years. Wow. Okay. I'm 37. Right on the money. Below average. The fact that you're not in your 40s is really painful. I'm below average. Wait, you're above average. Now, Arun, do me a favor. Google how old Mitch McConnell is. (laughs) So 38.1 years is the average age. Oh, my God. Mitch McConnell is 81 years old. He looks better
2: than 81, though. I'll give him that.
0: Yeah, he looks fine. Okay, Joe Biden, 80 years old. Nice. I don't have a problem with wisdom. I really don't. And I don't, I don't think anyone's age should be a hard limit to what they can serve their country. Okay? I really don't. But I do think there is a pretty palpable disconnect to the world that Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden grew up in versus the world that we're in today. I
2: couldn't agree more. Do you
0: really think that an 80-year-old person has the same values that the average American does at 31, 38.1 years of age? No. So yet our elected representatives are in office because the majority... Actually, Arun, great thing to Google here as well. What's the average age of the voters in America?
2: Mm.
0: I guarantee you it's much, much older than you think. I would agree. I guarantee you that the average age of the American voter is older because their ideals are older. They elect people with ideals that align with them versus the younger generation. The younger generation, probably somewhere in there is my guess. There are buses that take retirees. The median age of the entire electorate of the presidential election years was between the age of 39 and 45. Wow. Median age of voters in those years was between 43 and 46. That's median though. I mean, it's not average yet. Yeah. I mean, it's close. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, fine. So look, the younger generation is coming out and voting a little bit more, but I'll tell you right now, there, there is a disconnect to the ideals and morals of the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, the Mitch McConnell's of the world, to what I think most Americans who live their life every single day and go to work live. There, something does not align. Right. So let me ask you this question. Back to GDP. Wow. You just really want to talk about GDP?
2: Well, I just want to ask you. Looked at the clock and then looked at me. Goddamn. Um, it's cold-blooded. You don't even care so about me. GDP came in at 2.4%. Right. It was estimated to come in at one point seven. We know the Oops. last we know the last print got revised up to two percent. Right. So they yeah. they wanted it and expected it to come down. But it went up. So I have the last let's see six GDP prints. Oh, good. Hit me with it. OK, so Q2 dating back to Q2 of 2022. Right. Negative zero point six percent. hmm. Q3, three po- a positive 3.2%. Q4, a positive 2.6%. Q1 of this year, a positive 2%. Going down, the trend is going down. Mm-hmm. And now this quarter, raised 2.4%. Now we know these figures can be revised. And it might they, be. Re- they, are,
0: they are always revised.
2: Yeah. It might get revised downward. We'll see. The last one was revised upward. Mm hmm. Now let me ask you this. Do you celebrate this, or does it make you upset? makes me upset. I think the
0: the pitch is that the economy is strong. Look at the growth. I, actually, you know what? Here, we should probably dive into this a little bit, even though it, it it's playing to Saeed's ego, which is getting overinflated tonight. And you came very well prepared, by the way. It's, Thank you. It's man. impressive. You, appreciate you it. You came ready to go. I, I did not. In my mind, I'm sorry. I knew you were I'm
2: traveling, slowly slowly so I figured let me help you out. You did good.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so GDP growth, if the economy is healthy and we're on target growing two to 3% per year, which is in line with these numbers is a good thing. It's a normalized, healthy expansion of an economy by many economists perspective, right? So none of the numbers that you threw out of the negative number, is that particularly alarming? It's not like the growth was four or 5% where it's just out of control. And it wasn't like the growth was 1% below or, you know, negative except for one percent obviously quarter. So the, the economy is growing at a pretty steady, consistent, relatively healthy pace. Now, the problem is, is that it shouldn't be. Okay. But look at all the things that we have in the way. Government spending. Okay. What led the way in GDP growth? I guarantee you during the pandemic, it wasn't consumer spending. Consumers pulled back, but government spending was out of fucking control. That's how consumers wound up with $2.3 trillion in their pockets. And it took until now to start seeing a palpable spending of that savings. And yet still the consumer in better shape than they were before. So, I, look, GDP being healthy despite all the things that have happened, unemployment being healthy despite all the things that have happened, it leads me to 1%. When you remove the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. We have seen a very, very aggressive stance by the Fed to increase interest rates. I'm removing the improbable that it didn't have an impact on the economy. So if that's not true and it did have an impact on the economy, the most improbable thing is that we're seeing very lagging indicators that these things that we think are strong numbers are not really strong. They're delayed data that hasn't felt the reverberating impacts of these increases. So the truth is, I do believe there will be a significant slowdown.
2: The one thing that we do know with inflation and the way you know, consumer behavior, the psychology of of people is is when inflation is high and they're being told that inflation is going to be around for longer mm-hmm. what do they do they actually go out and spend more because they're afraid what they want to buy later is going to cost them more which ultimately ends up hurting inflation even more cuz it just keeps pushing up keeps putting upward pressure mm-hmm. on prices of goods and services. I got to buy now, I got to buy now cuz this
0: right now it's worth 200,000, it's worth 300,000. I mean, the, next I mean, year. housing market explains it now. all.
2: Housing, I mean, no reason why people should still be bidding over asking price.
0: So then are you subscribing to the theory that a lot of realtors are throwing around saying that the yield curve inversion can be fixed one of two ways? No,
2: no, no, no. I I subscribe to our theory that the 10 year is going to have to come out
0: up. Because the alternative theory is that the 2 year just goes down. Yeah.
2: No. No, no. That, that can't happen. But, but you're writing it is, off
0: pretty aggressively. I mean, look,
2: in theory, that could happen. I mean, anything could happen, I guess, but after, after the pandemic. But hmm. let me ask you this. The, the inflation that we experienced, was it a supply chain disruption? No. Or an excess demand?
0: I think it was supply chain disruption at one point. But I think that cured itself relatively quickly. So I think excess demand is more the problem now. Now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And there was a brief window of time during the pandemic where you just couldn't get enough supplies in the U.S. and ships were sitting out in the
2: harbor. So then if we know that to be true. That was solved in a couple of months. If we know that to be true and, and we know that it's excess demand, what can the FOMC members do to kill that demand? Wait. now yeah yeah wait that, that, that's what they can do now was like wait
0: right that demand i think they should put more of a focus on quantitative tightening and less of a focus on interest rate increases right I think they should be a little more thoughtful and pragmatic over time i like what they did okay look here's what they did is is they said okay you know what we're not going to slow the cadence of interest rate increases and we're not going to say we're not going to do more maybe we'll do wait a. Uh, a month or two or whatever, and then do another one, you know, and then you see that that same bell curve that we brought up in the earlier part of the show, expand out as it tapers down, right? Fine. I I get the theory, but that theory should not be a foregone conclusion. It should be based on the things that you're seeing. And right now, like I've said, again, you're not seeing enough to dissuade me from thinking that these things are all going to continue to move in a healthy path. Right. so, the FOMC is being hyper-aggressive, and I guess if you're afraid of hyperinflation, that, that could be fine. Like but to be,
2: fair, to be fair, from their initial uh, terminal rate uh, projections, they've only increased that by 25 basis. Yeah, points.
0: but w- that, that, again, your, your initial terminal rate projections were based on inflation from a year ago. Mm-hmm. And seeing how sticky everything is, right? Yeah, but let's be honest. Do you really believe the FOMC, when they had those terminal rate projections, thought that core inflation would be this sticky?
2: I think that they understood the lagging indicators. Yes.
0: Do you think that they thought unemployment would be this immovable?
2: No, and but that that's benefited them. Okay, has it? Yeah, because then now everyone isn't up in arms. Because look, if if unemployment, because I would say part it's part of, not benefited them. I would say it's clouded their judgment dramatically. Part of well, like we like we've said on the show before. If anything, it. Positive GDP prints like this, um, unemployment staying low, just makes them feel like they have more room to operate. All right. I'm going to walk you through a hypothetical. Okay? And I want you to tell me if you
0: think this is plausible or not. Maybe it's it's just a story I've got made up in my head. We went through a cycle where people were announcing layoffs and companies were downsizing. And people go, oh my God, we, we got through it. There's still two jobs for every unemployed American. But there's still an M&A cycle. Most companies are waiting to buy. And they're not waiting because it's not economically viable. viable they don't have money to spend. They're saying, are these companies going to fail? Are they downsizing? Is there, are their there earnings going downward? Can we get them at a discount? When are they troughing? If they're still going down, then I'll wait to buy them. I can buy them for cheaper, right? As these companies merge, uh, just this week, uh, two banks in Southern California, well, one in California, uh, it was a take under. The smaller bank bought the bigger bank. And the, the bigger bank got 80% of their tangible book, which I think was a great deal for them. And the smaller bank is going to significantly increase their, their asset size. So it's, it's a win really for both, as, assuming that nothing else happens that's not expected. But what happens next? Layoffs. In order to make sense of that deal economically, the merger and acquisition, the merger activity, is going to look for cost savings. And one of the, the best ways for these companies to save costs in a, in a merger or activity like this, take under if you will, is to say, okay, we have people who do X, Y, and Z. Who's the best person for those jobs? Let's get rid of the excess that we don't need in order to do those jobs. And another rounds of layoffs happen. Except in this time, it's part of that m and activity. So for people to think that this cycle is done is foolish. For the Fed not to know better is foolish. We have this really weird kind of gray area of time where there's not a lot of M&A activity. There's not a lot of shrinkage
2: in other businesses, but it's coming. I think they do know, though, because they've projected. I don't know if they do. Well, they projected higher unemployment. It's in their projections, and there's, there are certain levels that they're still comfortable with. You and I have said on the show before that an unemployment rate of 3.6% is not healthy. Not healthy. Transits, a certain degree of transitory migration is healthy. That's about it's 5%. So it's about 5%. Their projections at one point was 4.6%. They have since lowered it for the end of the year to get up to 4.1%. Where that number ends up actually next year at some point, we don't know. But if it gets to 5%, we have said on this show that that is still a healthy number. That would be another million jobs lost. Yeah, but you know, honestly... To the betterment of society. Yes. So, to your point, yeah, if there, are, if there is some M&A activity and there are some extra jobs that are lost, I mean, it's, it's for the betterment of society. For all companies across the country, a million jobs is not that much. No, no, it's not. I agree. I, I think that there's, we predicted a lot more at the end of the cycle. Mm-hmm.
0: So, it remains to be seen. Well, and keep in mind, too, that unemployment continues to rise after the end of a recession. So, if we haven't right. experienced a recession yet, then... Unemployment won't really hit its height until afterward. Mm-hmm. Arun, you've been particularly quiet tonight. What's going on back there?
1: Nothing. Letting you two have a healthy conversation.
0: You feel like this is a healthy conversation? Yes. I was thinking the total opposite. I got to Me too. I was, I was like, this fucking guy's going to be punching the job. <laughs> bro. Yeah, let's go.
2: Last few things to wrap up this show. Things that the, you have to look forward to. Slap a hoe Indian. <laughs> so, so the next FOMC meeting will be September twentieth. The Fed has a lot of data coming their way that they want to be d- dependent on. It's what day? September 20th. Is that 45
0: days, really? Yeah. Okay.
2: So almost two months away, right? They'll have, uh, I believe, um, well, you know that they had this GDP print in their pocket already, but they'll have this GDP print to look at. They'll have PCE that comes out tomorrow. They'll have two CPI reports, and they'll have two jobs reports. Mm -hmm. A lot of data for them to be able to analyze, look over, and see what they want to do. If you want to follow their natural um, you know, progression. All signs point to another pause because they went pause, uh, raise rates, another pause, and if they w- are going to raise rates, it'll probably be again in November. That meeting is November first. You know, I
0: was just thinking. um
2: hmm.
0: I don't know if they're going to raise rates again. I hope they hope that they don't. Hope the data works to their favor. I don't think but, they will. Um, was it live? Like, I saw somebody post something that there was, like, a live... Wait. I didn't see anybody talk about I tried about to find wait. it. I went on their website. Nothing. And somebody posted, like, live, fed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I didn't... I, not a single person. They, there couldn't have been. I would have seen some kind we of... We would edit. have seen it. Yeah. Did he not? Am I, am I fucking high? He said he it said, was going to be live, he right? He said it was
2: going to be live. Yeah. But what, I what, will say this. What happened? Yeah. I will say this. A lot of people reported the 25 basis point increase, like... Well before the, it normally comes out. So some component of it was live. I saw somebody post an article which
0: suggested, like, tune in live. Yeah. But it was, it was so weird how—and let, let's be honest, and we can't end the show on this because I know this is probably the most valuable piece of information we're going to give you tonight. Okay. That Mitch McConnell sharded. No, that was—I mean, obviously that's important to know. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not valuable. Aliens fucking exist, man. Dude, what's going on? <laughs> like, they're out there. They're here. They're here, and everyone no one reported on it. Yeah. Everyone's like, fuck, man, let's just see an alien or not, okay? Dude,
2: that's the thing, man. People don't give a fuck. It's so crazy. Area 51's real, okay? Area 51. Bob Lazar
0: was not lying. He
2: ain't lying, man. Mm -hmm.
0: And all I got to tell you is, man, when the aliens get here, they're going to be like, y'all got how many jobs for every unemployed person in this (laughs) world? Exactly. The fuck are y'all thinking? Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, Jesus
2: Christ. Y'all need a mechanic. <laughs> I see you're hospitality and leisure. Yeah, y'all got some openings. Yeah, this is why your world's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're here. To yeah, stay. Is Jerome Powell your president? What's going on here? Are aliens going? To, Odin pulls this up. Um, are aliens going to fix inflation, cancel student debt, and worker exploitation? Pay any of these bills? Turn the temp down on this planet and all around. Bring happiness to me and my friends. Dude, did you hear Florida? Eyes? No then yeah, they can get, what is Get Florida coastal TF2.
0: waters were over 100 degree temperature. Hot tub temps. No real Rubini actually went to the beach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a great way to end the show. Well, call it, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. Ooh.